0: The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067.
1: You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Thursday, July 27th, 2023. This is On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird, And we're joined by Lance Dahl of Locked On Kentucky and Auburn Daily in studio for our number one. We are 37 days away from the kickoff of Auburn football. Uh, Fall camp begins uh, next week. And so uh, excited for that as well. Man, do we have some things to talk about on the show today. We'll break down the commitment of Demarcus Riddick. We previewed it for you on the show yesterday. It happened about 10 minutes after four o'clock yesterday. Uh, I know that uh, Bill and Dan uh, they had Jason Caldwell on they they broke it down for you talked about it as it happened I believe they carried it live on the show as well and so uh, they got a chance to talk about it now we get a chance to talk about it so we'll talk about how big that is what it means and what it means moving forward uh, for Auburn football as uh, Demarcus Riddick commits to Auburn flipping from Georgia and picking the Tigers over the Alabama Crimson Tide Uh, we'll talk about that we'll talk about some Uh, conference realignments we have some news we have some rumors and so uh, we'll talk about that as the landscape of college football continues to change it's also with Lance in studio we'll continue our schedule game as we will talk about the Kentucky Wildcats and the Ole Miss Rebels and talk about their schedule and their records uh, and give our takes on what is going to happen with those two programs coming up in the year of 2023 then an hour number two oh very excited very excited and then an hour number two Chris Gordy of Locked on SEC will join us. So that's what's on tap today. But uh, gentlemen, happy Thursday. Lance, always good to have
2: you in the studio, brother. Absolutely, dude. And man, it is a it is a hot day in Auburn, yes. Alabama. Miserable, Ooh. man. It tra- feels
3: like every day just is the same level of just scorching
2: hot. Can t- somebody explain to me what's going on right now in terms of the traffic in Auburn, Alabama? I, it, is, it is ridiculous.
3: Because Auburn's coming
1: back no, Maybe early? Not, uh, not yet. The, I wouldn't I think. Would think so. It just, I, I, Auburn's I, just growing. Man. I went
3: to Publix and I saw a bunch of college kids going to uh, like going to the grocery store. Well, for Camp War Eagles this, over, this right? Week. Or is that
1: still going on? camp war eagle no was was going on a few weeks ago and that drew a bunch of crowds uh with students and parents and stuff but i just think auburn's growing man i think auburn is just getting so big and there's so many people in this town now that the summers don't even feel like summer like think about that this is supposed to be well, the slow time around this city i'm not here for it well well it's
3: a slow time and that's why they choose this exact moment to do every bit of construction possible you know what's great super super dangerous on my on on Shug Jordan. Yeah, by where I live. The turn in and out of my neighborhoods not the safest area. Uh no, it's so, about it, yes. It is the, the smallest
1: turn-in lane I've ever yes. seen in my life.
3: But now to make it that much more dangerous, they put a giant it's got two big one of the those big uh, diamond road construction signs. Mm-hmm. It is right there as you're trying to turn left
1: and so you can't see a thing to the nice. right. <laughs> Love that. I was like Love this that. is this feels so safe, Auburn. Jeez. Well, that um that sounds sounds very dangerous and <laughs> yeah, the 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 turn lane to get into his neighborhood is like it's like a parking spot length. Like, think about your car parking into a parking lot, and that's it. That's all they got. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy that summer is almost over, believe it or not, as it's July 27th. Uh, students will be back, which means football will be starting. And again, we are 37 days away from the start of Auburn football. So, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the conference realignments. We'll talk to Marcus Riddick. We've got a ton of stuff to go over today on the show. Phone lines are open, though 334 321 1390. And we're actually going to start the show by going to the phone lines. And Shane, you're on the line, man. What's up?
4: Hey, guys. How are y'all
5: today?
1: Doing good, man. What you got?
5: Hey, I, I, I hate summer. <laughs> it, 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 it's the worst. I it hate summer. Worst, it, for love me. it. I hate it. I used to love summer when I was a kid. But, well, yeah, but like, you have you school. Go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. And you go play outside. I don't want to be outside right now. No. If you are, you're cold, you can wrap up, get a blanket, whatever. If yep. you're hot how can you it's it's almost impossible if you're walking down the street like it's it's which i just did for lunch it was it was it was
1: it was awful oh yeah it's miserable man and and the worst part is what i'm very blessed to have an inside job (laughs) with where i work um but it's the worst part is when i go to lunch or go to run an errand and i go to get in my uh 1997 dodge pickup truck where the air conditioning is non-existent and it's just scorching hot with the windows down it's a miserable experience
5: Oh no no no! That's that's awful. I've a I have an old '87 uh, Wrangler that I drive summertime. Okay. That, that one didn't even have a, a, a an air conditioner in it. Like it was never made with one. Jeez. So you just gotta. Yeah, but I see I, I that one out on in the in the winter months. Yeah, anyway, I don't blame it. Uh, um, now I can be optimistic about from here on out. Uh. After after hearing uh, Riddick commit to Over. yeah, where do you go? Yeah, yeah. 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 What do you
1: what do you think about that, Shane?
5: Man, I was so excited. It, it was it was an exciting moment. Like like a lot of people and you guys included were saying, like like Georgia and Alabama, they could you know they wanted this guy, but yeah. they didn't technically need the guy. They have others. Uh, it didn't mean as much to them as it did to us. Mm. I feel like I feel like it just it means this guy picked us. You know, he picked us out of the, our two biggest rivals. And uh, I, 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 now I've, i got this good feeling that is that this is the beginning of, for for the next few
4: weeks.
1: Yeah, know? and I think yeah. you're right. I think you should have that feeling. Uh, I, I agree with, with everything you said. George is not hurting. I mean, they picked up another five-star linebacker yeah, this week. Justin so.
3: Williams, was. Right. The, it looks like uh, if he wasn't the replacement for Riddick, then, like, oh, well, like, yeah, you lose a five star linebacker, but you land the number two linebacker in the country.
1: So, mm-hmm. but I you're mean, right, Shane. Oh, hum for them. Right. And Riddick picked Auburn, right? He flipped from Georgia and chose Auburn. Auburn over alabama and i do think that it meant more for auburn i think they cared more about him hugh freeze that was the first guy he went to visit as soon as he signed the contract to become auburn's head football coach uh they've been on him since the second they got here um and it he he could legitimately change the direction of of this football program because of the guys that could come after him. And we're going to talk about that some today. But there's so many possibilities now that the fact that that big of a player, that big of a recruit, was able to jump on board and say, I trust in Hugh Freeze and I trust in Auburn football. So, Shane, uh, I think your good feeling is is right. And I think a lot of Auburn fans are probably in the same boat.
5: Yeah, uh, one thing kind of stood out. When he was talking, and uh, it seems to be a theme, and it's always been a the theme, is he said, "When I came down there, it just felt like I was already home. Yep, felt yep. Like I was, I was home, and and that's a, and that's what Auburn has to offer. Is if if that's the type of person you are, then, then you're going to get that here. You know, and you'll always be home once you once you leave. Auburn will still be your home, and you'll still be remembered, and you'll still be thought about mm-hmm. by people that that stay in Auburn and and uh, and pull for for the Tigers. So." That's a that's a that's an awesome thing, and um, I'm just excited. what is the the next guys is is scheduled for this for, for Saturday, right? To see who who's who he choosing between.
3: I would. Who who do you have in mind? Because there's I mean there's a lot there not, of potential names that I think you could see if things break well, right there, uh, pop for for Auburn this weekend.
5: Well, there's a guy I, I can't remember the name. Um, Perry Thompson. He, he, yeah, yeah, I think that was his name. He's scheduled to commit on Saturday.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the five-star Harry receiver. Perry Thompson has has hinted at something on July 29th, which would would be Saturday at Big Cat. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's the Alabama five-star commit, uh, the the receiver out of Foley, Alabama, and uh, it feels no, like thing, Auburn my- has all the momentum in the world. And I think landing Demarcus Riddick certainly doesn't hurt because no, I think thing, that they're friends.
5: My thing about that is, you know, if why is he making this big announcement if he's already committed to one team? He's coming to Big Cat Weekend and and he's going to make an announcement either that day or or, or, or the day after or something like well, that. Why is he going to come if not?
1: Did, hold and, on, just hold on to that, that, Shane. Just
3: hold I mean, on it's, to that. It's kind of the same uh, thing with Demarcus Riddick. I mean, he was committed to Georgia, but was announcing. Uh, on right. his mother's birthday, you knew something was going to happen one way or the other.
5: So, are there other guys in contention for uh, this, this? This other guy? I'll say Alabama, since he's already committed to him. But, uh, I mean, it's it's, life- it's
3: Alabama and Auburn. It's it's a hundred percent Alabama and Auburn. So, uh, so why I would he make
5: that announcement if it wasn't switching?
3: It just I I guess again, it's not technically an official announcement that he has said. He has just hinted at something, July
1: twenty ninth. Right. Okay.
5: Well. I'm. Um, uh, I, don't I don't know. I'm just. Hey, Shane.
1: Way. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying hold on to it yeah. because I, I, you're 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 hinting at the right things and you're going in the right direction. I just think just you know hold on for a couple of days and I think it. it from what I hear, from what I feel, my personal opinion, I think Auburn fans are going to be happy after the weekend. There we go. There we
5: All right, guys. I, I um I am going to be listening the next a couple hours to you guys. So so uh or Eagle. yep
1: appreciate the call shane we appreciate you calling in 334-321-1390 and we will get to uh we'll get to uh who do we have over there jr we'll get to jr who is on the line
5: hey he might hey no doubt that was a big pick up yesterday but i think he was referring to next saturday
0: as kj bolden
3: could that, be that one is listed as as august 5th is an announcement date and right. i think that but I think as far as this weekend for Big Cat, it won't be between today and two and two weekends from now that Auburn picks up a commitment. There will be a few dominoes, I would imagine, that would fall at Big Cat weekend this weekend, and Perry Thompson could be one of those. Uh, maybe DeAndre Carter, a guy who's flying on his own dime across the country to come to Big Cat weekend. That says a lot to me about where Auburn stands, uh, and oh, I think yeah. there's there's other names that could could uh, pop in Auburn's favor this weekend. That's
5: right, but I think he was talking about the next big one scheduled, and I believe it was KJ. Gotcha, but, could yeah, be, yeah,
1: very well, right, could be. Appreciate
5: it. Yeah,
4: appreciate, appreciate the call, it.
1: man. Thank you. 334 321 Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Boys, this was man, this was huge. I mean, this was this was one of the biggest gets for Auburn. In a long, long time when it comes to A, the player that you're getting. I think a lot of this a lot of this is being overshadowed of of what could be to come because DeMarcus Riddick committed. But guys, let's not overlook the player that Auburn yep. just picked up, a five-star oh, okay. linebacker, one of the best defensive players in the country They're, is coming to play for Auburn. Yeah, I mean,
3: go ahead. Go ahead. He's, he's one of the best linebackers in the country, and I've seen some quotes that some people that believe he is the best linebacker in the country. He's a stud, and he's a heck of an athlete, and he's going to come in and he's going to play a lot as a freshman.
2: Yeah, and that's what I was about to say, Jacob, is I know that a lot has been made over the past 24 hours about what this means for the class moving forward outside of him. But I think you have to look at the production. You have to look at where he falls in the rankings and understand this is the best player Auburn's gotten in a long, long time. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's the 12th best player Pickup of all time in Auburn football recruiting history. I do believe that that is the case. Uh, I think I heard that as well. Riddick, as a five star, it's the Tigers' first since 2019, which is ridiculous. Was, uh, what will be five cycles ago once this is all said and done with the 2024 class. Statistically, 109 tackles, 19 for loss, seven sacks, three interceptions, four pass deflections, and a force fumble. Uh, the rising senior. Uh, stat pads uh, as well so I'm very impressed statistically with what he is very impressed where he is overall in the rankings top 40 player for the Tigers as well according to two uh, 24-7 sports if I'm not mistaken according to 24 he's the 13th oh he's the 13th so w- just the behind comp- Trey Williams so, so the composite what does the composite say uh
3: so I just can see the all-time commitments at the bottom of the
2: 247. Oh, I get list. what you I'm sorry. I'm I'm asking the I'm asking the wrong question. I mean for for Riddick, where does he stand in this in this 2024 class like in terms so of So it's it's interesting because he, he, only On3 has him as a five. Depends star, on right? where you look.
3: <laughs> I think I think he's a four-star on every site, but he's so mm-hmm. highly rated on all of them that he's a composite five star. I mean, he's the 33rd player on on 3, the 46th player on 247, the 41st player on ESPN and the 30th player on Rivals. This guy's a five star. Let's just he's be honest. He's a composite five star though. He's a four star <laughs> on all four sites, four sites and a five star overall.
1: He's a five star football player.
3: <laughs> I, I mean, let's just let's just call it like it but is. But it's just it's funny to see this like this doesn't make any sense at all. I 100% agree. He is a four star on every site but a five star overall. And
2: Go. Go ahead, Lance. So on on three, five it, star. in the
3: composite, he's twenty sixth overall on two four seven. So he's twenty and the two composites out there because on three weighs there's differently. He's 26th in the 24/7, 31 in the mm-hmm. on
2: three. He's a yep. He is a composite five star on both. On both, that's what I was about to say. So on on three, the composite twenty four seven composite five star. But on on three twenty four seven, ESPN and rivals they all has have him rated as a four star. Just individually, which is just it's just weird. Yeah. Way do, that it that doesn't
1: it doesn't make any
3: sense. But it uh, feels like to me, I've noticed this with with some some players. On three by far has the widest range of ranking kids there'll be kids in the top 20 on the other three sites and on three he's got them like 213 Mm -hmm. and it's like what what,
1: what's or vice versa or vice versa yeah Yeah.
3: exactly it's it's wild
1: well with demarcus riddick uh you're getting a five-star linebacker again he is a five-star player in my mind by the rankings he's a five-star and before we get to break carter off the air yesterday after he committed i was telling you that I'm ready for Auburn football on the defensive side. Look, the linebacker position is my all-time favorite on the defense. It's my favorite position to watch. It's my favorite position to break down. I think the linebacker is the is one of the most versatile positions on the defense. And I was telling you after DeMarcus Riddick committed yesterday, not that Auburn hasn't had good linebackers in the recent years, but I'm ready for Auburn to get back to having just the flat-out thumpers in linebackers I'm ready for Auburn to have those dudes when when they step on the football field you can see them you can hear them and you can feel them and I'm ready for Auburn to get to that Alabama level once again and to even to the Georgia level and where Auburn used to be with linebackers where you have the true NFL difference makers at the linebacker spot for Auburn, and I think Demarcus Riddick can become that, and I think Auburn can continue to get guys like him and bring that room back to where it needs to 100%. be. 100%. I, I think that this is the
3: start. Right now you've got Demarcus Riddick, DJ Barber, committed as linebackers. Joseph Phillips can play linebacker. I think he's going to be an edge for Auburn right now. Mm-hmm. Guy like Bradley Shaw, guy like Wyatt Simmons, that's a daggum good group if you land one of those two. Right now, if you're going to ask me, I'm Probably gonna lean to the in state kid rather than the Arkansas kid. Uh, so Bradley Shaw from Hoover High School, I mean he could he could round out your linebacker class. And even if you keep Joseph Phillips as an edge, Riddick, Barber, Shaw can all be blue chip players by the end of this cycle. Because Shaw's a four star right now, Riddick's a five star, and DJ Barber's a very high three star. I think he has that ability to maybe nudge his
2: way up into four star category. That's about as strong of a linebacker class as Auburn's landed in a long time. Can I mention something really quick about Malik? Yeah. That? yeah. Uh, he's played basketball for two years. Last year, in 20 minutes of action, he averaged eight points a game and almost four blocks a game. Uh, and then so he the, can he's an athlete. He it, can jump. And then for varsity football last year, he had 78 rushing yards on a 4.9 average. He had 20 receiving yards. He had 169 kick return yard, or punt return yards. 72 kick return yards. So he did a little bit of everything.
1: <laughs> Could you imagine putting a player like DeMarcus Riddick back in kick
2: return and just say, here I come, and just
1: let him run full speed with the football?
2: Yeah. I'd get out of the way, now, man. Now, do we trust Max Preps and their statistics here? I mean, I will for the fun of it right now, but I mean... Well, that's... on
3: his 247 page, it's they've got him,
2: as last year in
3: basketball, averaging 8.2 points and 8.2 rebounds per game, which ah. out of out of my...
1: Potential three year starting middle linebacker, I will take that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll take a break. We'll come back, talk some more uh, about the commitment of Demarcus Riddick, the five star linebacker, yesterday, what it means for Auburn, and what you could see coming up this weekend for Big Cat Weekend here on the Plains. Give us a call. How do you feel about it? 334 321 1390, the Thursday edition of On the Line. Rolls on when we come back.
0: You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
1: All right, back inside the studio here at ESPN 1067 for the Thursday edition of On the Line. We're joined in studio by Lance Dahl of Locked On Kentucky and writer for Auburn Daily. So there, we do have some Auburn football news that broke literally
3: minutes before the show that we should probably hit. Go for it. Caden Bridges no longer on the football team. So, you know what that does now. The 2021 Auburn signing class.
1: How many players
3: are left, guys?
1: Do y'all hmm. know? How
3: many
2: were there in total?
1: Uh, that's a great question. That's a good starting question. Because <laughs> it's not going to be a pretty number, I can tell you that. Um, there were... 19? 18, uh, 18 enrollees
3: off that class. And nine transfers. And Yes. Oh. And nine transfers. This is not counting the transfers, because there are some that I'm seeing on here. Uh, well, there's, there's one. There's one of the transfers is still on the roster. How is this a top 20 class? <laughs> because Zach Etheridge did dadgum work to save this thing. Or, well, no. This would have been the last, the last uh, okay. Gus Malzahn class, wouldn't it? Or the
2: last full Gus Malzahn class. Oh, yeah. So how many are left? Okay, let's see. Lee Hunters at UCF. Dylan Brooks is still here, right? No, he is not. Oh, he's not. Dylan Brooks is not. Did he leave in the spring? He did. He left after the spring. Where did he go? I don't know. He is Kansas. Oh my gosh. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Okay, Demetrius Davis, Alabama State, Amari Harvey, Florida. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, okay, it was an ACC school. Dawson. Colorado. Oh, Colorado, okay, so (laughs) yeah, baby. Lance Lance has really
3: brushed up all these transfers. (laughs) Who was the other
2: other Auburn receiver that went to Cincy? Well, Tavares Dawson Dawson. committed to Cincy,
3: then
1: flipped to Colorado. Oh, that's
2: right, okay. so Within like like a couple of days, right? It wasn't very long. Mm -hmm.
0: Colby Smith. Troy.
2: (laughs) <laughs> Hal Presley's gone Baylor uh, Baylor yeah I, and, and to Akoli, I nowhere. don't I know he's nowhere he's uh, in the portal Marquis Robinson he's in the, did, he's he's went in the in-between f- he went to Florida right Robinson went to Florida he is I don't know he's not he really listed uh he's not listed
3: anywhere but he's not on Auburn's roster I know I that
2: I swear he was he went to Florida um Jarquez Hunter is still here so there's one uh Ian Matthews is at Missouri right I don't know where he is,
3: but I, yes, he is in Missouri.
2: Okay. Um, Roe Torrance, yeah, he, he left. He left. Uh, Landon King, I don't remember where he went. He went to Utah, baby, that's where right. they make tight ends like they just, it's a conveyor belt of just stud tight ends. Uh, Garner Langlo is still here, right? Yes. So that's two. Joko Willis is gone. Yes. Kamal Haddon went to USC. Um, Did Ar- he ever make it to camp? No, he's at Tennessee. Oh, he went to Tennessee. Oh, that's right. Oh, it's another one of those cases where he freaking dipped out. Right, yes. yeah, Dad, gummit, making me look like a fool on air because you commit to a school and then go to another in the middle of the process. Armani Diamond, I, I just assume he's gone. Could, UAB, wow, and then Caden Bridges is now gone. Uh, Jawan Ga- never made it to campus. Gaston never made it to campus. Um, do we count when
3: you the transfers look at all here?
2: of the transfers? The only one still on the team
3: is Mar- the only two are Marcus uh, Harris, and Harris
1: and Donovan cough Oh man, so outside of transfers. Out of all of the 2020 signing class... 18
3: signees. Auburn has... Well, really, 19 signees if you count, because Joan Gaston did sign a
1: letter of intent. Auburn has two remaining yes. from that class. Yes. Good lord. And that's not because you lost them to the pros. <laughs> like, that is because they're gone.
2: Holy smokes. That is... I mean,
1: All mathematically, you need to know.
3: none of these kids can be to the pros,
2: basically. Echo Leota yeah. was the only person. Did Leota get drafted late, or did no. he pick up he a went, free went, He anxiety? went
3: UDFA. He went okay. UDFA, and yep,
2: that is it. I remember Jeez. I remember in 2021, late 2021, a staffer continued to tell me about how Demetrius Robertson was going to go to the like they were He was going to get drafted, and they were Dude, very excited no about it. And I continued to be like, I bet he's a great guy. I bet you love him. He's not. He will sign. A, he will sign a free agent deal at, at best. Unfortunately, he had some of the worst hands I've seen out of a receiver in a long time. And That's the former five star in you right there. I mean,
1: yeah. Well, that just tells you what when you're, you need. When you're
3: a former five star high school recruit, and when you transfer the first and second time, you're a three star player. Is mm-hmm. the Cal
2: game the Demetrius Robertson Bowl this year?
3: God, is the New Mexico State game the? Hugh Freeze bowl <laughs> because I, he lost it last year. The I say book Hugh it. Freeze
2: resume, re- revenge game. We have two Hugh Freeze bowls on the ro- on the on, on, on tap this year. <laughs> love I, it. I well, one, one it. is
3: a Hugh Freeze bowl. The other is a
1: revenge game. I guess um, both are <laughs> <laughs>
3: revenge
1: they're both games, revenge if games. Being really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Again, that just kind of that just tells you where where that class was and where Auburn's trying to get past that. And I think Ooh. that when you look at recruiting now compared to what it was. Again, we haven't seen these guys on the field. We haven't even seen this team on the field. But recruiting is at an all-time different level compared to what was happening over the last few years here at Auburn with Hugh Freeze. So I think Auburn fans can finally see that with Demarcus Riddick flipping yesterday from Georgia, picking Auburn over Alabama. And we believe this to be the first big domino to fall before Auburn can move on and see what they get uh, later on over the weekend with Big Cat. So uh, give us a call 334-321-1390 Lance Dahl joins us in studio. We'll have schedule game when we come back talking Kentucky and Ole Miss. You don't want to miss it here on ESPN 106.7
0: You are on the line with Jacob Goert And Carter Byrd on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: We're 30 minutes into our number one here on the Thursday edition of On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goetz. He is Carter Bird. We're joined by Lance Dahl of Locked On Kentucky and Auburn Daily in studio. I cut Carter off guard. I changed our, a little bit of our music today uh, in our show format, changed things up a little bit, and so uh, uh, hopefully uh, you l- enjoyed the change. But we will uh, talk schedule game as uh, Lance in studio. We took a break Whoa! last week. <laughs> Wow!
4: All right, what just happened? I'm fired
1: what, up. What in the world? I was not expecting or ready for that. I don't think anybody has ever screamed on my show I at am. all
2: or in the studio. You texted me earlier about this, <laughs> saying Ole Miss in Kentucky, and all I had to do was read the words Ole Miss, and I threw my phone across the room. Oh my gosh! Well,
1: we are talking schedule game, and if you've missed us talk about this over the last few weeks, uh, we are going through the SEC and. Uh, predicting the records for all sec football teams in 2023 we've worked our way through uh, we've done missouri south carolina vanderbilt texas a&m mississippi state florida and today is kentucky and old miss uh we know how carter feels about old miss we know how i feel about old miss we and know
2: carter feels about kentucky we
1: do also know how carter feels about kentucky, we feels about bit, kentucky. Yeah. and we'll see how it, uh, how crazy it gets today so we'll start with kentucky and then we'll do old miss we you know we got to kind of work quickly here, fellas, but we'll break down some of the matchups, talk about what we expect these teams to be in 2023, given their uh, position battles, given their head coaches, the schedule itself. And so uh, should be a lot of fun. We'll start with Kentucky. All right. We'll start with Kentucky and Lance. Of course, you can give us your uh, expertise analysis since you are uh, the host of the Locked On Kentucky podcast, uh, Kentucky. Seems like they have a pretty easy start to their schedule. Uh, They start with Ball State, EKU, and Akron, uh, all three games at home to start the
2: season. Any reason that Kentucky should have any threat in those first three games? Typically, to begin the season, Kentucky football, instead of playing an actual opponent, will decide to play a Mac school. You can pick any of them. They'll have decided to have played them over the past decade or so. And the game will always always end up being like a like a 10 point 14 point victory where it's just like okay you won but didn't you they didn't feel great E-K-U about you one year i believe they did and well, i got I, them again this year well now here we are with three games on the schedule to begin the year where you'd like to think yeah kentucky should handle all three of these teams but they'll end up beating ball state like 31 to 20 31 23 and it's just like why, why was this game close? You want to know what's not exciting? Is your week one matchup against Ball State at noon.
1: Yeah. That's I'll, terrible. Let me tell you something. The
3: 2017 season, a 27-16 to 16 win over... FCS, EKU. I think EKU
1: like had the ball with a mm. chance to take the lead in the fourth quarter. Man. Mm. Well, Kentucky starts off with Ball State, EKU, and Akron. All Can done. we safely say they're starting 3-0? and <laughs> You're 26. How are you
3: giving up 42 points to New Mexico State? Listen. They're not a real team. <laughs> <They're not>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Kentucky wasn't either. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, they, yeah. Yeah, I would say all three of these are wins. Um, watch out for Ball State. <laughs> and watch out for, uh, for uh, Joe Moorhead and Akron. All right, so we can all say they start three and zero, and then
1: they hit the road for the first time on September twenty third, and they go to Nashville to take on Vanderbilt. Interesting game. No, no reminder. It's not. Reminder. Don't talk
3: this into being a thing. It's not a thing. Everybody, Kentucky's that much better than they are. Didn't
1: we
2: all pick Kentucky when we were doing Vanderbilt schedule? Yes. Yes, I did. But let's all remember now: Vanderbilt won this game in Lexington last year. Now, I did say last time we were on the show the re- the main reason for that was because of the the conditions and Kentucky being injured, uh, like at at every position, and on top of that, their offense. Everybody line has to come future. up with
1: excuses when you lose to Vanderbilt. Yeah, they do. <laughs>
2: hey, Auburn, what's Auburn's all time record? Do we need? Uh, I'm pretty sure they're 500 with a tie. By the way, people- better than Texas. <laughs> true people <laughs> like to bring people like to bring that up like it's some big deal vanderbilt i think auburn's like 14 and 2 in their last 16 matchups and vanderbilt hasn't had like a winning streak since like the 1940s so let's just let's do away with that that's let's fair well four 4-0 uh, 4-0 four oh, oh,
1: yeah and i eight. think we all picked kentucky when we went through the vanderbilt schedule so kentucky starts 4-0 oh, then they come back home to lexington and they take on the florida gators Win. And and uh, I like that. I like Kentucky to win that game. If you remember, if you look back at Florida, we all do not have them as a very good football team. Florida, I have them 5-7. and seven. Lance has them 4-8. and eight. Carter has the Florida Gators going a whopping 2-10. and ten. So I don't They're think awful. any of us picked to win this game against the Wildcats. <laughs> Buildings would be burned I think, if I Florida think went 2-10. and ten. There was
3: something happening where I think um, Lance really tried to talk me into. Them losing to, <laughs> to Vanderbilt and Missouri, as well as everybody else on the schedule. So, uh, they're only wins being, it on me, <laughs>
6: yeah. Well, because
3: is. we got to Vanderbilt, and you're like, do it, do it, do, do it, do it, do it. it <laughs>
2: <have
3: to. laughs> uh, but yeah,
2: we can't leave the segment until you do it.
3: I'm their, just gonna their only talking. wins on my on my uh, picks for them were McNeese and Charlotte. That's for oh, Florida, Florida, yeah. Which, by, by the
2: way, Charlotte's about to be
3: the worst team in the country this year. Is Chris year. Think, still there? I'm about to. Finish uh, no, they have Biff Pogie, the the former um, off the field assistant, like player development guy at Michigan. Biff Pogi is the head coach at Charlotte. My Love boy,
2: that. my boy, Biff. I was, I'm <laughs> in their, Um, their their QB Chris Reynolds, who has been there for for Got five you. million years. Uh, uh, I don't
3: know, but they are. He is
2: still here. He's a redshirt senior.
3: They are going to be so bad, and I have the idea of calling it the the. Unholy war and have uh, Hawaii play Charlotte for title of worst team in college football at the end of the season. Mm. Uh, but look, Kentucky is going to beat Vanderbilt and then they're going to roll over Florida at home. I have Kentucky winning that game too.
2: Yeah, let's hope and pray that the Grand Mertz Masterclass game does not end up being September 30th because he will get one. He will have one game where he plays really, really well. Yeah, it's going to be against Charlotte. Well, uh, well, I don't know about Charlotte. Maybe an SEC team, but we 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 will expect a blowout in this one for the Wildcats.
1: I have Kentucky winning that one as well. That puts them at what five and zero. Yeah, five and zero. This is how we get to where I say that they're going to go. And then they hit the road to Athens, and yeah. They are going to lose. <laughs> I think they will compete. I think I, Devin I Leary no. is going to keep them in this football game. I think Kentucky's defense will quietly keep them in this game. But I do give Georgia the win being at home and just being the better football team. Lance, in your mind, uh, where does the Kentucky uh, receivers group
3: stack up in the SEC? Because it's pretty good. Especially for Kentucky standards, it's incredible. Top
2: four. Exactly. exactly. I, exactly. I, top four. I think
3: you've got potentially, and the things I continue to hear are more and more glowing, Uh, the reviews are glowing for Devin Leary. Mm -hmm. The offensive line is retooled. You've got a good running back.
2: I think you've got one of the sneaky better offenses in the SEC. You've got one of the better receiver tandems to go, like you said, with a 1,000-yard rusher and a better offensive line and a more productive quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. If he
3: goes twenty twenty one in NC State on everybody, we're talking about the guy who will be the best quarterback in this conference and be a...
2: Top 15 pick. I think we're talking about a win against Georgia here. Let's go ahead and book uh, it. It's a loss to Georgia. You have, had, no, What are you no, picking, Lance? No, for no. I'm picking Georgia to, to win this game. Okay. I just... Well, I, he almost I,
1: said lose. I don't
2: feel great. Don't feel great about this game for Georgia.
1: Okay. All right. Well I feel think Kentucky weird. competes. I do. I think they compete. Uh, I think they bounce back the next week after their bye, right? No, apologies. It's um, not a week ahead. Arrived. They they play Missouri it's and then buy. they have a bye.
2: It's a it's two weeks.
1: Ago. They play Missouri and then the bye. I have Kentucky beating Missouri. I just think they're better at literally every position possible mm-hmm. and they have a much better coach. Um Kentucky will have to rebound after the loss to Georgia. I have them beating Missouri on October 14th. Yeah,
2: way to make this game homecoming, Kentucky. By the way, I don't know if y'all talked about it yesterday. We did. You did. Okay, yep. cool. Just, wanted to, just <laughs> wanted to make sure. We don't we, even have to mention it. Nope, I know exactly where you're going with that. Yeah, I think Missouri gets trashed. I think this is three games in a row for Kentucky, with or in, minus the Georgia game, where Vanderbilt, Florida, and Missouri, where they pick up these three wins, where they, I think they have a chance to curb stomp them. Wow! All three of them. There's a
3: real chance that Mizzou's on like a four-game losing streak going yeah. into the Kentucky game. Mizzou's I on think. pack
1: watch heading into this game. Well, we we picked Missouri. That was the first team
3: we did in schedule game. Like um, I legitimately, I think Middle Tennessee and Memphis both will have a
1: chance to beat Missouri this year. Well, me and Lance have them going four and eight. You have them going three and nine, Carter. Because they're going to be awful. They are going to be awful.
6: Do they and, beat and Florida?
3: Yes, because they get him at home. They get them yeah. at home yeah. after yeah. after Florida has to run this gauntlet of Georgia, Arkansas at LSU all on a road. Then they go on the road to Missouri mm. before the Florida are going to get a win. So baby. yes, Missouri's right. going to win that game. Yes, uh, but this game right here, Kentucky rolls. They're five, six and one going into the bye week, and this is where
2: it gets fun. So I just wanna say heading into the bye week, we'll be like top fifteen. We will have gotten up to like almost top ten status for Kentucky because they've beaten up on some bad teams before the Georgia game. The Georgia game will send us back to reality. The Missouri game will be another sugar high. We'll get the bye week, and then like you said, I don't want to say interesting. I'll just say it gets scary. I think it gets you have fun. <laughs> I think you have a top fifteen matchup, Kentucky
1: and Tennessee. In this game, end of October, in Lexington. I disagree because Tennessee is going to lose to UTSA in week three. Stop. week four. Stop.
3: Schedule game. UTSA at Alabama at Kentucky.
2: (laughs) Tennessee's not going 0-3 in that stretch. (laughs) They're not. It's not happening. They lose this game to Kentucky, though. You have Kentucky winning. Why? Because of the reasons that we stated earlier about the offense. Yes. Yes. And then on top of that, what is Joe Milton on the road? And what happens the week before, Lance? Oh, I, Tennessee's I, at Alabama. I was about to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Alabama, they're playing the Crimson Tide. Kentucky so. gets this win at home, I am telling you right now. They banish Joe Milton to the shadow realm, and Tennessee has to start a receiver at quarterback. They lose this game 56-2. to Good <laughs> Lord. Um, I'm going to go opposite. They somehow generate 450 yards
1: of offense. I'm going opposite. I think Tennessee has a chance to beat Alabama the week before. If they beat Alabama, they will definitely beat Kentucky. But even if they play close with Alabama, I think they come out. I think Joe Milton plays well. I'm taking Tennessee to beat Kentucky in Lexington and just shatter the hopes and
2: dreams of the blue and white. So I'm taking Tennessee on the road in that game uh, against Kentucky. See what Jacob doesn't know is I'm actually going to pull this off of your website later and post it as part of my show tomorrow. Do it. So yeah. you have my full, full <laughs> up, uh, approval on that, guys. I just want to let you know to all to all the uh, the listeners out there. I uh, just want to let you guys know, Jake or Jacob does not believe in you. I need, I need us to, to hurry so we can get to Ole Miss.
1: We do have that to is. get to Ole Miss. Okay, <laughs> oh, shoot.
2: Yeah, we're running out of
1: time. Kentucky on the road at state, got him a win, right? Yep. I think they win. 8-1. Um,
3: unless unless Lance was to stay for the first 30 minutes of next hour. I would absolutely do that.
1: Okay, let's stretch this thing out then. Let's go. All okay, right. that's fine. We can do that. That's <laughs> that's totally fine. Um Okay, well, then let's take a break before we get to the final three games of Alabama, South Carolina, Louisville, because how interesting is this going to be with Kentucky's schedule? Then as we get into hour two, we'll stretch into the Ole Miss schedule game and we'll talk more to Marcus Riddick in there as well. There's
3: nothing like using the peer pressure of live radio.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app.
1: Wrap it up, hour number one, as we continue schedule game with Lance Dov locked on Kentucky and Auburn daily. Uh, Carter convinced him to stay in the first uh, few minutes, maybe the first segment or so of the second hour to wrap up schedule game because we're talking Kentucky right now, and then we'll do Ole Miss as we get into hour two. I'm uh, so ready for Ole Miss. Definitely My want to talk ready. some more uh, <laughs> Demarcus Riddick as well. I uh, definitely want to talk some more about that because then we have Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC joining us in the second hour as well. So mm-hmm. lots to cover over the next few. Minutes. We're talking about Kentucky, though, picking them uh, for 2023. We just talked about how you guys both have Kentucky beating Tennessee at home. I have the Vols coming to Lexington and winning that game after possibly beating Alabama on the road as well. Uh, we both, we all have Kentucky winning at Mississippi State, and so uh, where does that put us now? Because that would put I'm me one. You're seven and two. Right? I have Kentucky at seven and two. You both have Kentucky at eight and one mm. when Alabama comes to town. And you know what? It's nine and. Did wait, did, it did we
3: talk about the state game?
1: <laughs> like, we we, we, we Very brushed quickly it off. Said it was, yeah, it would we be brushed no. it off. Yeah, I I think it would be, and I think when
3: you look at state is coming off, just the schedule components that help out this Kentucky team. Back-to-back road games at Arkansas and at Auburn, where I think state takes a couple losses there. Um, curious to see how they get up off the mat against Kentucky. I think
1: Kentucky gets that win. All so of Kentucky's tough games outside of Georgia are at home. Like, Kentucky's schedule is extremely favorable. Two yeah. of their three toughest games they get in Lexington.
2: Yep, and I am really, really torn on this Alabama game. Very torn. November eleventh, Crimson Tide comes Come to on. Tuscaloosa. Who wins? Do you Do you want me to go first? And you, you can go and first. And you just think yeah. about it. All just right. right, you jump first.
3: I'll
1: watch how you fall.
0: <clears throat> Let's that. do it.
1: Let's do it. Oh my nice. gosh! Oh, can why? You, can you what? Tell me okay,
3: about it. we. We're very skeptical of this Alabama team. Yeah. We, we, we are. we've all mentioned it.
1: They're gettable. They have Texas.
3: Technically, right now, Ole Miss is listed as a ranked game at AM, Tennessee, but another schedule feature in Kentucky's favor here, Lance. What happens the week before Alabama comes to Lexington? Oh, Alabama, LSU. Oh, look at that. Wow. So not only is Alabama going to lose to LSU, but they're going to be beat up coming on the road to
2: Lexington. Oh, my gosh. Kentucky's got to get it done. Bama's going to have a three game losing streak. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Tennessee, LSU, (laughs) Kentucky. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I, I I'll, I'll pick Kentucky. I'll pick Kentucky. Fine. I will I'll take the Kentucky Wildcats to beat the Alabama Crimson Tide in the year of our amazing. Lord 2023. I love it. I'm gonna take the safe route,
1: and I'm gonna take just to be different. I will take different from you guys, not different from most of the country. <laughs> different. different from you guys. Uh, make sure I had to clarify that before Carter <laughs> yeah, jumped yeah, on. Yeah, me. hang on.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm gonna be different and pick what 97 to 99 percent of the country. Is I'm picking pick different from kid. you two, and I'm gonna take Alabama okay. to. Uh, Win that game, that would make Kentucky uh, what seven and three for me, with losses to Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia. Which would then Nine take Kentucky. Team, <sighs> Jesus. Boom. Which would then take Kentucky on the road to South Carolina on November eighteenth. After that Alabama game, win or loss, going on the road to South Carolina,
2: you just don't know. I don't remember who I had winning this game when we did the South Carolina schedule game. Well. I've got. All right, Carter probably has
1: Carolina winning because he has them nine and three. yeah all right, Well, all right. Let me let me talk this out.
3: Because of the run that Kentucky has to have right going into this game, which yep. is Tennessee at Mississippi State, Alabama. Then you're at South Carolina. South Carolina's two games leading up. Jacksonville State at home.
2: Vanderbilt at home. Dude, is that a matchup between the Gamecocks and the Gamecocks? That is Holy correct. Cow. Go, Cox man. Well, see, we. we Do you know who Miami plays
3: in week one? They. No. They play Miami. Of Ohio? Yes. Really? And we are the of Red the Hawks. opinion. We said this on before the everybody
1: else on social media did.
3: Winner of that game gets to keep Miami. <laughs> the loser has to change their name.
2: <laughs> Mario leaves town. <laughs>
3: Miami of Ohio reigns supreme. Yep. Wouldn't that be so funny if Miami of Ohio goes to Miami and wins? I would go Red Hawks. Uh, but. So I South think Carolina. South Carolina gets this win against Kentucky
2: because of the kind of three-game grind that Kentucky's going to have to go on right before it. Jacob, do you have our schedule game predictions for USC pulled up? Uh, I do.
1: Uh, I have South Carolina going 7-5. and five. Carter has them going 9-3. and three.
2: And Lance, you have them
1: going 8-4. and four.
2: I don't remember if that included a Kentucky win, but I'll, I'll say Kentucky loses. I'll say Kentucky loses. See, he I'm gonna he go...
1: thought we were, we're both going to pick him to win, and he's like, I'm going to be the contrarian again. Oh,
2: I am. I'm going to pick Kentucky to
1: win. What? I'm okay. going to take, take Kentucky to go on the road and win this game Man. because I think Kentucky is better across the board, at, even at quarterback I agree. than South no, Carolina.
3: I, I agree. I just think that that
1: that, that grind right before it is going to catch up to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have them winning on the road at South Carolina, and then... Uh, you just feel so bad for Kentucky. They have to go on the road to Louisville, oh, man. man. Oh, Jeff Brum, no. Yeah, uh, I have Kentucky Jack winning. Jack what? <laughs> Kentucky will easily handle Louisville on the road uh, to wrap up their schedule. So that would put me having Kentucky. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, five and one, six and one, six and two, seven and two, seven and three. Uh, eight and three, nine and three. I have Kentucky going nine and three this season. I
2: think this Louisville game will actually be way more competitive. I agree, but I but Kentucky's
3: they're they're my dudes here. Let's go. Can, can you, you have them the ten win? and two? Huh? Ten can and you, two
2: Kentucky Eleven
3: up, and one is is, is is. There's a scenario.
2: There's a path yeah, to yeah, eleven a, and one. There's a path to 11-1. one. I'm saying ten and two. But can you tell me the two schools that Jack Plummer, Louisville quarterback, played at before he got to the Purdue Cardinals? and Yeah, I knew Purdue. I don't know the other one. San Jose State. How about California? Daggum it. I knew it was that It's west. the same color scheme. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. California quarterback last year, you know, managed to bring that offense up from like, you know, zero points to 24 and a half against Power 5 competition. Good go- good job, Cal. Um, yeah, Jack Plummer. Watch actually, out, Auburn. He, 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 he's not a bad quarterback. Well, Jack, Jack Palmer's not there, well, so he's no they don't have to watch they, out they, they now have <laughs> like, this, um, this TCU transfer that just does nothing but run. Apparently, he's the greatest athlete of all time. Lamar Jackson on the road in Berkeley. Week two, book it. But yeah, I, I think Louisville loses this game to Kentucky despite... It being on the road, and I think Braum fielding a much more competitive Louisville team than we've seen in the past. Oh, I think so, Shout too. Shout out, um, by the way,
3: Louisville for lucking into discovering Lamar Jackson against
2: Auburn in what, right. 2016?
3: Yeah. They went through every quarterback on the roster and then threw
2: him out there, and they're like, oh my god, this dude is like, lightning. Jeremy wow. Johnson has beaten two Heisman-winning <laughs> quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I have Kentucky going 9-3. and never three. thought about that fact. And you boys have them going 10-2, and two. so we'll see if the Cats can get it done. We'll talk about Ole Miss as our number two is on the way.
0: The following is an Auburn Network production.
1: You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of the first hour, be sure to catch up with the podcast later on today, tonight, tomorrow, whenever you'd like. You know where to find it, ESPNAU.com, or just search on the line wherever you get your podcasts. We talked about Demarcus Riddick as he committed to Auburn football yesterday, uh, right as we went off the air. Uh, So we talked a lot about that in hour number one we'll talk a little bit about it here in hour number two as well Uh, so if you missed that conversation you can listen to us here you can go back and catch up with the podcast later on uh, today after the show commercial free again ESPNAU.com we also had schedule game with Lance Dahl who is still in studio we uh, ran over a little bit of time so we're going to continue that we talked about Kentucky and how uh, we all have them having a pretty good season this year in college football and so we will continue schedule game with Ole Miss coming up here Uh, And then we'll talk some more to Marcus Riddick. And then um, uh, Chris Gordy, host of Locked On SEC, will join us coming up at 3.30. So that's what's coming up here in hour number two on the Thursday edition of On The Line. Again, we're joined by Lance Dahl in studio of Locked On Kentucky and Auburn Daily. We talked about the Cats and their schedule and predictions for 2023. But I know you guys are excited to talk about Ole Miss in a year that... uh, None of us are really high on. It seems like other people in the SEC are high on on Ole Miss, but we're not as much high on them. So let's Uh, talk about it.
3: Before we get rolling, I just want to talk about the just complete, just confusion that is the SEC network right now. Uh, On the SEC network, we have on the Paul Feinbaum Show a live uh, interview with Pete Thamel, live from Big Ten Media Days. Talking about Colorado going for leaving the Pac-12, going to the Big 12. The SEC is nowhere in that entire description. That's Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say that because I just mean, felt everything about that is goofy. I mean, big college football news. I, I know, mean, it's relevant. Unanimous vote, it's it's relevant, way. but it's just
2: like... The SEC is not involved in any part of this, and it's on the SEC network. Let me tell you what the SEC is unfortunately involved with is Ole Miss's downfall this year. Right? I am so
1: ready for this. This is the greatest. I've been excited for this all off season. Well, let's talk about it. Let's make some predictions and picks for Ole Miss in 2023. Again, if you look at how the SEC media voted them, pretty high on Ole Miss. Around four and five is where people have them finishing in the SEC West. Um, People are excited about a stacked quarterback room, uh, an offense with Lane Kiffin. Um, They've done some work in the portal. And you start looking down this list of the schedule for Ole Miss in 2023, they start off with Mercer at home. uh They're in Oxford, so surely we can all give them a win against Mercer, I would think. Yes. Uh, so they start off 1 0, and then it really gets interesting. It really, really does. And it's not because it's Ole Miss. If any SEC team was doing this outside of Georgia, maybe Alabama, maybe LSU, if this was Auburn, I'd be worried. I'm not going to lie. I would be worried. About taking a trip in week two to New Orleans, Louisiana to play Tulane on the road. I would be worried if Auburn was doing this in week two, yeah. and that's exactly what Ole Miss is doing.
2: Yeah, I would tab that a loss for Auburn with that early in the season, Yes, With the Auburn still trying I to work things out. agree. Yeah, I would be scared of that.
1: And so I think Ole Miss loses at Tulane. I agree. Tulane's better than they are. I think so. Tulane beat USC and Caleb Williams. Yeah, Tulane's let a me, good let me Tulane's a good football team. They're a good football program.
3: If we rolled a football out there right now between Ole Miss and USC, USC beats them by thirty, and yet nobody thinks Tulane can win this game outside of basically this studio. Tulane is winning this game, one hundred percent. I'm without with a you. doubt in my mind. I'm with you. They so, got a better quarterback. They got a better defense. Yeah, like Ole Miss has a better running back. They've got some pretty good receivers. Curious about some maybe murmurs about one of them. Uh, But, look, Tulane is a better football team than this Ole Miss team, and it's at home.
2: And And you don't go into Yulman Stadium and get a win. No, sir. (laughs) And before anybody says anything about Tulane losing all of their players from last year, they're still – a top 35 team in returning production. Uh, it's funny because they, they're 31st and Ole, Ole Miss is 30th. <laughs> they they lose Tajay Spears. And that's about it. And that's really about it. They return the best players
3: on the defense. They return the quarterback. This is going to be a really good two-lane team. Keep in mind, this two-lane team beat not only USC last year, they beat Big 12 champion Kansas State
2: as I, well. I just think it's awesome that you know, Ole Miss has an opportunity to boost Tulane's playoff resume for the end of the year. I think that that's really what we need to be appreciative of here. So we so, all have Ole one Miss one.
1: going one and one before coming home and playing Georgia Tech back in Oxford. Um, I will give it's a night game, 6 30. I'll give Ole Miss the win. Who's I think they will. This? It's on the SEC network. So no. Ole Miss I'm wins say this, this game. This Georgia Tech team under Brent Key,
3: when they made the fire and he became the interim last year, became very competent. They're
2: recruiting well.
3: I think their mentality is better.
2: This game's going to be closer than people think. Do we? Do but you, Ole Miss is going to win. Do you know who Georgia Tech's starting quarterback is? Haynes King. You're right. I forgot about that. How about that? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting game. I still don't think they're ready
1: to go on the road to what is an SEC school in a night game week three. I'm taking Ole Miss. They will be two and one. Lance, how do you have Ole Miss playing in that game? I will say that they win. I don't feel good about this. I don't feel good about it. Ole Miss two and one before they make a road trip to Tuscaloosa, where they've had success in the past, <sighs> to play Alabama. I just don't see any way i think it could be close because again we've talked about alabama being gettable and it is early in the year but i don't see a way old miss has any chance to go and beat alabama on the road in week four of college football absolutely not
3: absolutely not i don't care that this is every year dadgum lane kiffin super bowl you're not going into Bryant denny with this
2: team and beating Alabama. I don't care how bad Alabama is. I think if you give this a chance to be a night game, the vibes will be weird. If you make this a 330 on CBS game, they will get demolished. I don't know what it is about Ole Miss on the road at night. I feel like they play I think actually the two times they beat Bama wasn't it wasn't in a night well, no, the two times they play competitive, the one time they beat them. Anyway, point being. I actually think that if you're going to have a shot against Alabama, you would prefer it to be earlier in the season if they're still trying to figure some things out at quarterback as opposed to it being later in them having an answer or at least somewhat of an answer. I'll still pick Ole Miss to lose this game pretty handily. And this is where it starts to get really testy and dicey for Ole Miss because this schedule
1: is not any fun for them.
3: Well, and, and let's let's talk about that briefly because last year – do we all know where Ole Miss's schedule ranked nationally and in the SEC? Well, it was terrible. You and I have talked about it. Mm-hmm. It was the 36th hardest schedule in college football. Week. That puts you last in the SEC. You want to know why? Because the first seven <laughs> weeks were as follows. Troy at home. Pretty good team, but still a G5 team. Central Arkansas at Georgia Tech. Tulsa. Three really bad teams in a row, and you still barely beat Tulsa. Kentucky at home in a game where Kentucky gave Ole Miss the win. That's just led—there's no other way around it. At Vanderbilt. Then a Brian Hartson-Auburn team at home. Then, so you're 7-0. People talked you into thinking, this might be a playoff team. Then you run into LSU, an LSU team that at the time we didn't think was elite— And they drag you up and down the field to a 45-20 loss. Then yes, you scrape by the worst A&M team since they've joined the SEC, 31 to 28, barely on the road in a weird game. Then you you know what you do after your bye week? Lose to Alabama, get destroyed at Arkansas. Lose to Mississippi State at home and get destroyed by Texas Tech in your bowl game. This was a this was a six and six, seven and five team last year, masquerading as a playoff contender for the first seven weeks because the schedule was the easiest in the SEC. Now, when you look at it this year, where does this Ole Miss schedule rank right now according to ESPN's FPI?
1: I believe Lance? it's number one. Number one in the country. Yeah. Number one in the SEC and the country. And it starts with that game at Alabama, which they lose. One. And then they come home, and it starts to get really, really tough with LSU, who we think is the best team in the SEC. They're better than last year. Or and SEC they West, drug I should say. This Ole Miss team by 25. Last I think year. LSU has their way, even being in Oxford. I think LSU has their way. I think LSU beats them by 30 yeah I think LSU will have their way against Ole Miss I really do end of September so where do we have them currently so that would be two wins two and three two and three two have them at two three. and three before they let Arkansas come to town this
2: may be one of the best games in the
1: SEC I think it's going to year. be good because again I think KJ Jefferson takes that step back I don't think Arkansas is good as people think they're going to be this is a true coin flip for me
2: it's the battle of mid it's exactly what you want I think this will be a fun game Carter's just, like, rotating back and forth. Carter knows. Carter's picking Arkansas to win this football game. I know he is.
1: Let's talk about this because Ole Miss, in a row, is at Tulane,
3: which is basically a P5 team this year. Georgia Tech, which is a P5 team, at Alabama, LSU, and by our count, we've got them going one and three in that stretch. Yep. Where's this team at mentally going into Arkansas? Arkansas comes in and beats
2: them because their
1: will is already broken in my mind.
2: I hope they have their popcorn ready. Cause this is going to be a fun season.
1: I don't again. I think the Arkansas game is a true coin toss, but after, yeah, after you get beat by Bama, you get dragged by LSU. It's easy for Arkansas to come in and win that game for sake of argument. I'm going to say Ole Miss wins that game somehow, some way. I think they figure it out. I'll take Ole Miss to win against Arkansas but it's not going to help them a whole lot because then they have their bye week and they come to Auburn. I will take I will take Ole Miss to win that game as well. The Arkansas over, game? Yeah, over okay. okay. They take their bye week. They come to the Plains. This is a very pivotal time in the schedule for Auburn. We haven't done theirs yet, obviously, but... Late October, where Auburn could really start to figure some things out after a tough three-game stretch, this could be the game they get back on track. I think Auburn wins this one easily. Ole Miss is not coming to jordan and winning this year. There's I no th- way.
3: I, I, think, I think Auburn gets after Ole Miss for 60 minutes. Auburn, if Auburn had a semi-competent coaching staff last year, I think you win in Oxford. I, mm-hmm. I, I do, because you were there in the fourth quarter until your defensive line is... Crawling on the ground gasping for air because you played five defensive linemen for the entire game, and that's why you got run on for 448 yards, which is
2: the most you've given up, I believe, in 80 years or something like that. You know what I just realized about Ole Miss and their defense and their and their schedule this year? Let's just I, I wanna I wanna walk things back their be bad. The defense was what Lane Kiffin was concerned with at SEC Media Days. I want you guys to tell me what these teams, all the way including the Auburn game, what they do better: running or throwing the football. Tulane, running. Georgia Tech, running. Definitely Alabama, running. running. This year's going to be running for sure. Running. Arkansas, running. running. Auburn, run. Running. They're yeah. going to get. They are going to be demolished in the first half of this schedule yeah and bad and again I think Auburn wins easily Lance did you pick this game yeah Auburn wins this game that's the point I wanted to make is Auburn I think is going to be very dependent at times on the ground game this year and I think it will show in this in this win. let's get through the rest of the schedule in the next few minutes this is
1: the game If you remember when we went through Vanderbilt's schedule, I have Vanderbilt picking up six wins somehow, some way to get to a bowl game. And this was one of them. This is one of them. Vanderbilt going on the road. We talked about Auburn being the spoiler for homecoming for Vanderbilt. How about the Commodores being the spoiler on homecoming for Ole Miss? Give me Vanderbilt. And I'm not picking it to be funny. I truly think Vanderbilt can win this football game. I think their mindset will be better because, Carter, you talked about a beat-down Ole Miss team because they're going to be beat down by this point late October. I mean, in, in my mind right now, going into this game, Ole Miss has lost five of six. Five of six. And Vanderbilt will be a confident bunch no matter what their record is because Clark Lee is that type of dude at the head coach position. I have Vanderbilt going on the road and beating Ole Miss on homecoming on October 28th.
3: All right. I was going to pick Ole Miss.
2: I was going to. He was going to do it. And then... Vanderbilt's coming off a bye this week, baby. And that's and Ole Miss is 3 and 5 for you and I, right? <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah, 3 and 5. With <laughs> wins, with wins right, over Georgia
1: Tech, Mercer. Schedule game. And somebody else. I hardly remember. This is Vandys,
3: Vandys jump up and get somebody game. Yes, issue.
1: it is. Then Van- AJ well, Swan. Actually, yeah. that's
3: not even true because I've got to beat I think I've got to beat Missouri, Florida and Ole Miss now. Love so it.
1: Vanderbilt Sure. Why not? Sure. And then Ole Miss. They have Texas A and M at home. All right. They have two games in a row. You lose to Auburn. I think they lose at home to Vanderbilt. Texas A and M comes to town. Make it three and six. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I don't even know what Texas A and M is going to be at this point, but they're going to be better than (laughs) Ole Miss.
2: Why are you looking at me like you're searching for a reason to not pick? You A&M
1: have a at 6-6, six and six, no, no, by
2: the no, way. No. I'm, I'm picking
3: A&M to win this okay. game. But now I'm just starting to laugh because all of a sudden I have got Ole Miss losing 8 out of 9. <laughs>
2: well, but they're...
1: don't worry. It gets better because then they go on the road to George.
2: <laughs> who authorized this? <laughs> <laughs> who, who let hey, this happen? Hey, what does Georgia do better, passing or throw right. it this year? I'm going to go running the football. <laughs> mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, no. Wait a bit. Or is, is Ole Miss just going to be grounded to a pulp this it's year? It's going to be bad. And it's going to be bad. You have ULM. That thank God for them. What's up Bowden? And um, then you hey, get what should be. They've got a stud
3: receiver there at Labanro. What oh, should watch be? For it. What Let's should be a, a
2: win
1: for Mississippi or for Ole Miss? You have to go to Starkville in the Egg Bowl. That you just never know what's going to happen on Thanksgiving night. Hmm. I think Ole Miss should be a better team, but where's the mindset going to be? The mentality? Give me the Bulldogs at home yeah, on I, Thanksgiving night. I
2: picked Mississippi State to win this game whenever we did their schedule. I uh, think I did. I, I, I know that. Yeah, I, I know that. I know that I did for sure. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're Ole Miss Rebels, Carter. You have Mississippi State at three and nine. So I don't know if you picked them to win oh. this game or not.
1: I had them at six and six. Lance was five and seven. The lesser of okay, two. Okay. So years. I definitely picked Mississippi State to win this game. I'm gonna say that. Mm-hmm. I think you pick Ole Miss here.
3: I, I I definitely pick State to win this game. I definitely pick State to win this game because
1: holy smokes,
3: man! Because I've got I've got Mississippi State losing to Arizona and Southern Miss. Beautiful. Uh, so what
1: does that put us at for Ole Miss? Uh, so it puts
2: me at four and eight. It puts
1: wow. them at three
2: and nine. I think me. I had them at four and eight. Wow. Yeah, four but, and 8 1-7 in the SEC. At this point in
3: time, this Ole Miss team mentally is depleted. They're done with the year. They want to go home. And, and literally, like, they want to get on the bus and go home to Oxford, but then also, like, go home for the semester. And Lane Kiffin would rather be
2: at a pool in Dallas. Yeah. Lane Kiffin more like lame Kiffin. Give me four and eight. This is four
1: this and is eight Ole Miss. Nine. Wow. Three nine Ole Miss. Why wow. Not? All right. So schedule game today as we get to a break. And, and Do you know and, what they're not doing? Hitting the over on the win total like some people think. And they're not going to finish third or fourth in the SEC West, like a lot of people like to think as well. So, Lance, we appreciate you and your time. Kentucky, we pick them. I have them going nine and three. You both have them going ten and two for Ole Miss. Lance and I have them going four and eight. Carter has them going three and nine. Uh, so, schedule game going to co- be awful. Schedule game continues. Uh, we will talk about uh, Demarcus Riddick. We'll talk about his commitment yesterday before Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC joins us. But quickly, Lance, uh, plug all your stuff. We appreciate you and, and your time as you join us every single week so plug everything you got going on before you go
2: yeah absolutely you can follow me on twitter at lance doll underscore check out the auburn daily the auburndaily.com where all my written work is also follow the locked on kentucky podcast wherever you get your podcast go sub on youtube i would really appreciate
1: it lance we appreciate you man we'll talk to you uh next week and when we come back carter and i will talk about demarcus Rennick and uh again what that means for auburn as the five-star linebacker flipped from georgia and picked auburn Back inside the studio here at the Auburn Obelica Sports Leader ESPN 1067. We appreciate Lance Dahl and his time uh, talking uh, DeMarcus Riddick in our number one. We played schedule game as we have over the last few weeks talking about uh, Kentucky and Ole Miss and how Kentucky is going to be really good and Ole Miss is going to be really bad. And so uh, we appreciate him and his time. Go find all of his work locked on Kentucky and with Auburn Daily. Uh, but do want to talk some more DeMarcus Riddick. I know it's on the minds of all Auburn fans today as yesterday. Yesterday could have been and may very well be a monumental day and a turning point for the Auburn football program. And I know this guy wants to talk about it as well on the phone lines, 334-321-1390. And Terry, you're on the line, man. What you got?
4: Yeah, what's so comical right here? people? say, like, well, we really didn't want him anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. He, he, Alabama, yeah, Alabama, sure, Alabama sure didn't want him. And, you know, mm. if he doesn't want to compete with the best of the best, then that's why he came to Auburn, right? yeah it's ridiculous
4: I, it's just it's just mind-boggling to me um that's how they that's how they go but okay whatever if you want to have
1: fun um, playing football you go to auburn you don't go to alabama you come to auburn to have fun right
4: yeah it's ridiculous. Yeah, you don't go to Auburn to win.
1: Yeah, uh, it's just it's it baffles me how that happens. And it, look, it happens at all college fan bases, but it just it does. seems like it, does. it seems like up there a m- lot more than not where they miss out on their big name target who Alabama wanted desperately, but at the end of the day, they didn't really want him.
4: Yeah, I just think what you're seeing right now is kind of what you're seeing when Nick Saban got to Tuscaloosa, new Tubberville was kind of there at the end, and he was getting getting out of Dodge. You afraid coming in at a good time? Because I don't think Nick Saban's, you know, three or four years away from retirement.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And,
4: and he comes in, takes over, and then gets some recruits, starts swaying some recruits. And if you guys have already commented on this, I apologize. But what's the situation with the receiver that's uh, this out of Foley?
1: Perry Thompson?
4: Yes. Have he you is, ever made a prediction on that?
1: He is scheduled to be at Big Cat, and he is scheduled to make some sort of announcement. He has something planned for july 29th which would be saturday um the prediction slash crystal ball slash rumor on the street is that auburn feels really 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 good about him and his commitment this saturday if he does decide to flip and come to auburn so i think auburn feels good about it i think a lot of auburn fans feel good about it uh terry i'll give you my opinion i feel good about it so um i think i think there's a good chance that auburn can make a swing there too
4: so let's be honest, guys. Is a guy going to commit to Alabama or visiting BK weekend?
1: Uh, well, I mean, he's already committed to Alabama. So I mean,
3: if mean well. why would I? I don't. I think Auburn has all the m- momentum in
1: the world uh, for for to to flip him, and if it's going
3: to be. Uh, it's going to be interesting. If for you sure. see
1: Perry Thompson, if you see somebody like a, our buddy Christian Clemente or somebody post a picture of him Saturday morning at Big Cat, I think you should mm-hmm. feel pretty good about what his decision is later that oh, day. He's,
3: he's going to be at Big Cat. I'm not even worried about it. I know that there yeah, was, some of the Alabama uh, sites were trying to say that he may actually be at the at Alabama's barbecue. I think that there's you know, a next to zero chance of that happening.
4: You uh, Corey Grant and uh, Trey Matthews, I believe, both left and went to Alabama and Georgia. Both ended up at Auburn. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's the point I try to make. They both, you know, felt the pressure to leave and they came back. Yeah. So Yeah, and, and know, look, I
1: think for Perry Thompson, I think Saturday I I don't see a world where you come to Big Cat and you don't choose Auburn.
4: True, good point. Good point. And and he, you know, the quarterback position is being more solidified and the, the receiver is going to wonder who his quarterback is going to be. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It's as yep. simple as that. Yep, no doubt. So I don't know if you guys have commented on that, but it just continues to show, with the commitment of Riddick yesterday and the future of the future, my just continues to show the hole in which Hugh Freeze inherited from that bozo we had before.
1: Yep, it was a hole, no doubt about it, Terry. Appreciate it, guys. Yep, appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. No, there's no doubt. I think that... Um, this is what could be considered the start of a change. And I think landing the commitment of Demarcus Riddick for Hugh freeze for Auburn, um, it, it could signal that this could be a turning point and a change because, Auburn was not flipping guys from Georgia. Auburn was not beating out Alabama for five-star recruits. This is the first five-star Auburn's gotten since 2019. We're going on five years. It's the first time Auburn's flipped a Georgia guy since 2015. So... Yeah, you you have to celebrate yes, a win like 100. And, I mean, this and is, don't this let Alabama huge. and Georgia tear that down because this is a win for Auburn. That's not they didn't give up on Demarcus Riddick. Georgia and Alabama were in this thing till you, the end. The last
3: two staffs, with at a certain point that you were at, uh, whether all the momentum was going away from you, you didn't make the top ten. They would have pulled the plug on Riddick, but Hugh Freeze and this staff continue to grind, continue to work, and sure enough, Demarcus Riddick is now. As of this moment, the crown jewel of this Auburn 24 class right
1: there with Joseph Phillips. We'll talk about it with Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC, when we come back here on ESPN 106.7.
0: of Goins. Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika's sports
1: leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. He is Carter Bird. I'm Jacob Goins, and we are joined by Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC. He joins us every Thursday at 3.30 here on the program. Chris, I hope you're doing well. It was great to uh, have you on the show last week in Nashville. Good to hang out with you as well, and uh, uh, I know you're getting ready as we're about 39 days from the start of college football
6: yeah it's getting closer and closer and uh yeah it was, it was crazy to look at the schedule yesterday and see that uh a week from tonight we will have the hall of fame game in uh in in ohio where of course you know it's the very first uh rinky dig preseason game but nonetheless a week from tonight we will have a football game quote unquote so uh you always know when we get when we get into the nfl preseason that means we're getting so close to the start of a college football season and uh yeah, let's go, man. I'm. Uh, it's. I, I feel like we've talked uh, almost, you know, every angle, um, you know, already looking ahead to the 2023 season, and now it's like let's just play some games.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely feel like we're. I'm just itching to get to that point in the year, and I feel like, I mean, Chris, does it feel like there's a little extra excitement going into this college football season because it feels like things can kind of break uh, in any direction more than we've seen in the last few years.
6: Yeah, and, and I talked about this yesterday on three sports. They they put out their you know their predicted finish for the SEC East and SEC West, and uh, I think they actually ranked every SEC team one through 14. But it, it's it's funny when you look at it. We expect it's kind of this upper tier. We expect you know some domination of Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and Tennessee. Like it feels like those are the two best teams in the East, the two best teams in the West and most people you talk to would rank them as the top four teams in the SEC. But then there's this hodgepodge from five all the way down to about 10 or 11 of teams that, you know, from Ole Miss to Arkansas to Kentucky, South Carolina, even Auburn, I throw in that mix, that I can be convinced that they're going to go eight and four. I can be convinced that they're going to go six and six. I mean, it really is this, like, it's just this group of teams that, uh, again, like, I, I don't know what they are. Like, you know, it's Texas A&M, if everything clicks, yeah, they could be an 8-9 win team. But I could also tell you that they're going to go 6-6, six and, six and and they're still going to have some offensive line woes and things like that. So I really do think this whole thing is, is is wide open there. And, you know, you're really talking about the difference between, you know, are we going to be going to a, uh, you know, Capital One Bowl or, or uh, you know, a, a New Year, you know, contention for a New Year Six Bowl? Are we talking a Liberty Bowl appearance? I mean, that's that's the difference you're talking about in the type of season you can have. And I think you just throw all those teams in a, in a bowl and you just pick out of a hat.
1: Well, Chris, it also seems like, and I'm sure you can attest to this with us being at Media Days last week, it seems like almost all of the teams in the SEC are confident in themselves that they're going to have a good year. I mean, even down to the teams like Vanderbilt and Missouri, they feel like they're all going to have good years. It doesn't seem like any team is like, yeah, we're going to play in 2023, but it's not going to be a great year. I think every team has the confidence that they're going to be good.
6: Yeah, and it's a little scary because we we can't all be this optimistic. We can't all be this confident in our teams. And, you know, not everybody can win eight and nine games. This is mathematically not possible. So. Uh, I think, I don't remember if I brought that up on your show or not, but that was the big thing that stood out to me from SEC Media Day last week. Is that everybody is confident in their teams? I remember a few years ago when when LSU you know was going into that final year with, with Coach Joe. I remember the you know a lot of the LSU folks I talked to were kind of hey you know look we we think they got a good team, but O's on the hot seat. And if he doesn't turn this thing around, he could be fired, and this season could go south. I mean that's what LSU fans were saying. There was none of that in SEC media days last week. Like normally, you get some of the media members who are like, eh, "I don't know." Like even that, the A and M media folks were like, "Yeah, we think Jumbo's done a great job." And then when you look at how the media poll voted, they voted A and M third best in the West. So you know the media as a whole thinks that A and M is going to rebound and bounce back. So you know it, it's it is crazy. Like uh, you know the two people you might put on the most hot seat in the SEC would be Jumbo Fisher and, and Eli Drinkwitz, but. If the Aggies are buying into Jimbo, you know, with the hiring of Petrino, and Mizzou just gave Eli Drake with a contract extension, I don't know if we're going to lose any head coach this season.
3: When you look at the kind of landscape of the SEC, are there are there any teams that maybe jump out to you as maybe uh, the fan bases are getting a little ahead of themselves with with expectations and thinking that they are going to win those eight, nine, maybe even ten games?
6: Yeah, it's Tennessee. We we need the there you Tennessee go. Okay. fans. They need to pump the brakes a little bit. We're um, they're, they're pulling a Texas, uh, what was that, the Sugar Bowl a couple years ago with uh, Sam Ellinger. We're back. No, no, pump the brakes, Texas. You're, you're not, you weren't back. And pump the brakes, Tennessee. I don't know if you're back yet. I, I, look, they had a fantastic season last year, but a lot of that, it, it wasn't just Josh, Josh Heupel in the system. A lot of that was Hendon Hooker was a special player. Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt worked special players uh they had some nice pieces on that defense Byron Young very good so um Tennessee's got to prove it I, I think Joe Milton can be good but I don't think he's Hendon hooker yet so it- we're going to find out from Tennessee this year I just I can't believe the Vol fans that I've talked to and, and have commented on-, on our on our YouTube videos and sent me DMs how many of them were mad when I said y'all might be an eight or nine win team I mean they are like 10 and 2 or better I'm just like Tennessee. Let's pump the brakes, here. here, man. You gotta, you gotta walk before you run. And I think they were just so gung ho on the season they had last year that a lot of them are ready to say Tennessee's back and we're competing for the East. And you know, I know a lot of them are picking them to beat Georgia. So we'll see. But I, I just like I caution Tennessee fans. Let's let's pump the brakes before we're saying that you're all the way back.
3: Yeah. Kind of on the flip side of that, is there a team? that jumps out to you that maybe everybody's kind of sleeping on, that they don't expect anything from, that could sur- surprise some people?
6: I'm surprised how many people are low on Kentucky, um, just with, you know, that they've addressed so many needs. The offensive line was not good last year. They were okay. They added some pieces. They went and got Marcus Cox, one of the best left tackles in the transfer portal. They added him. They got Cortland Ford from USC. They have... You know, one of the better receiving cores, I think, in the SEC was Barry Brown and Dane Key coming back. And then you go and get Devin Leary in the transfer portal, one of the top quarterbacks in the portal. And you go get Ray Davis at running back, who was, you know, at Vandy, but he was a top five rusher in the SEC a year ago. I just think, I think Kentucky has addressed a lot of needs. And the more and more people I look at, I mean, I see a lot of people picking South Carolina ahead of them. I'm going, look, I like Spencer rather too, but. That offensive line's terrible in in Columbia, and unless they get that fixed, I don't know if they're finishing ahead of ahead of Kentucky. So, I feel like Kentucky is a team a little people are, are sleeping on. I was honestly surprised LSU. You know, so many people I talked to last week said, that, "Man, I love what Brian Kelly's doing." Man, I love Jaden Daniels. You know, Jaden Daniels is voted the, the first team All SEC quarterback. The first time LSU has had a first team preseason All SEC quarterback since the late '80s. And wow in order to finish, they picked Alabama to still win the West. And I'm going, wait a minute. In one breath, you're telling me, LSU is the best quarterback in the entire SEC. But then you're still coming back and telling me, but I I think they can't win in Tuscaloosa, even though they just beat Alabama, and you're one of the Brian Kelly Kelly era. So I was just a little surprised that Alabama got as much love as they did. I understand a lot of people are lazy, and they're just going to default to, well, it's Nick Saban, and he doesn't lose a lot of games two years in a row. I get that. But I think this is also a special circumstance. When's the last time Alabama's been a month out from the season and still doesn't know who their quarterback is? When's the last time Alabama you know, brought in two coordinators where an offense coordinator like Tommy Reese is very, very green and unproven? Um, I just think Alabama's got a lot of questions where LSU has a lot of questions answered. And I get it. Maybe most people just defaulted to, well, that game's in Tuscaloosa and it's tough to win there. But I just don't understand how you could say, Jay Daniels is by far the best quarterback in the SEC, but I think he's going to lose to Tyler Buckner in Tuscaloosa. That just doesn't make sense.
1: We're joined by Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC, who joins us every Thursday at three uh, thirty. Chris, the the news around the SEC when it comes to uh, football recruiting is the flip of Demarcus Riddick, the committed Georgia five star linebacker who picked Auburn yesterday from Georgia and over Alabama. Uh, what does that mean for Hugh Freeze and recruiting for this Auburn football program, and what a lot of people are saying is the first domino of many to fall here in, in recent uh, in in really in the next couple of weeks.
6: Yeah, well, it was huge. I mean, to get a caliber player like that, that's, that's a building block, a kid you can build around on that defense for years to come. And I love his quotes. You know, he said, look, I, I went to Alabama and I went to Georgia and, you know, felt like family there, but it feels like family here at Auburn and, and it just feels different. It's, it's a different kind of family. And uh, I just think that's the, the culture, the foundation that Hugh Freeze is trying to build. Obviously, we know him keeping Cadillac was a a big, big thing for this coach's staff and recruiting wise and all that. But, um, yeah, I I mean, it's a monster, monster flip. And I was saying it for a couple weeks there. Well, Georgia kept adding to this number one recruiting class, and they kept adding four star corner here and a five star linebacker here. I'm going, wait, wait a minute. Like, at what point do these kids stop and look around and go, we're not all going to play? Like, Georgia's already five deep at every spot. Like, go somewhere else where you can play immediately and make an impact. And luckily, that's what he did here. He's picking Auburn, and it's a spot where he's going to be able to play immediately next year. And, uh, yeah, it's, again, Hugh Freeze is off and running. I know this is a monster recruiting weekend across the conference. Everybody's having some kind of pool party or backyard barbecue. And I expect come Sunday and Monday we're going to have a lot of announcements, You know, not just for the 2024 class, but – a lot of 2025 and 2026 kids that are, uh, you know, that are looking to make some announcements. So yeah, it's a big weekend. I, I know uh, I, I was talking to somebody. I know Auburn's having their big thing. Uh, I saw LSU; they're having their splash party on Friday. Uh, Jimbo and, and A&M are having something on Saturday. In fact, I heard some kids are road tripping it. They're going to. The Baton Rouge Friday and then going out to College Station on, on Saturday. So, wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge recruiting weekend across the SEC, and I think we're going to have a lot of commitments coming out next week around the conference.
3: Yeah, you were, you were talking about Georgia just continuing to like stockpile talent. They have, according to On3, two of the top 11 running backs in the country, I think in their composite top 10, and they're still favored to land another one. So I just don't know how that works, how you keep adding three running backs every cycle. Uh, but when you look at Auburn in this class – with the addition of Demarcus Riddick with the momentum going into big cat weekend and the momentum you could see coming out of big cat weekend just how high do you see this auburn class going
6: well I, I mean I've said it I think you know a, a top 10 finish even if it's tenth would be incredible um you know we'll see they still have some work to get, some work to do uh, and it's hard to it's hard to rank I was I was talking to somebody yesterday they were saying you know do you like do you go you know, I normally always have defaulted to the 24 uh, 7 sports composite. I know, uh, you know, for years I was a rivals guy. And I know On Three is trying to do a, a better assessment now because what's crazy is I think Georgia's got 26 kids committed and Alabama's got 15. How do you weigh those two classes? Like, Georgia literally has 11 more kids than Alabama. Yet, I think they're recruiting, you know, that like Alabama's the top 10 class, Georgia's number one. Like, it's just hard to weigh and assess, like, where should that class be ranked? When you've got 11 less kids in the other school, so um, yeah, I don't know where they'll come down at the at the very end, but I would I would love to see you finish somewhere inside that top 10, even if it's 10th. And um, you know, like I said, just laying the foundation for what, what's to come. And you you kind of talked about that in SEC media days. But look, this is you know this is a thing we're trying to build here in the next two to three years. And um, you know, I think they're on a nice trajectory right now.
1: Chris, when you look around college football, outside of the SCC lots of movement, lots of noise. Uh, of course, the news of Colorado leaving the Pac-12, going for the Big 12. Uh, we haven't gotten to talk about it much today. That'll be more on tomorrow's show. But when you look at that news, uh, the, the apparently the word is there's another Pac-12 team that's looking to get out. Uh, there's some news about Florida State wanting to leave the ACC. How much more is college football in the landscape of college football going to change over the next few years and the impact it has on the Southeastern Conference?
6: Oh, it's going to change. I just don't know how much the SEC will be involved um, because I just, you know, I talked with Greg Sankey on, a, on my show earlier this week. Like he, he, It just sounds like they're pretty solidified. Like they think with Texas and Oklahoma coming in that 16 is enough. And, and I've said this before, but you go any higher you're not a conference anymore. Like, you can't call yourself a conference if you have 18 schools and not everybody plays everybody. Like, even with 16, not everybody's going to play everybody every year, but at least you're going to try to have that rotation. I think we'll eventually get to non-conference games, and you'll play everybody every other year and, you know, go to their house at least once every four years. I think that's, that's a pretty good mathematical thing. If we start adding Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, you know, it'd be great. Those are great brands to have. But I just don't know if it makes much sense to, you know, to have a conference when, you know, let's say Alabama. Yeah, hey, Alabama plays in the SEC, but they're not playing Florida State or Clemson or Oklahoma or, you know, what I mean, like if they avoid everybody, then, then what's the point? So, um, yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think the SEC is going to freak out or react to what other people are doing, but it is fascinating. It looks like the death of the Pac-12 is coming, coming very soon because. Uh, they're getting posts. It, to me, it makes yeah. sense. Colorado belongs in the Big 12 like they were there before. They belong there. But, man, if some more people start jumping ship in the Pac-12, it, it's going to be crazy to see where they wind up.
3: Yeah, did did you have it on your bingo card for this year that Brutus Buckeye posting a picture with the Oregon Duck would bring about the the expedited end of the Pac-12?
6: Yeah, I thought that was funny. I, I did vomit my mouth a little bit yesterday when I saw Brett McMurphy tweeted out. You know, the Big Ten on NBC games this this fall. Go look at some of those games. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is what NBC paid all this money for. It was like Purdue versus Iowa. I was like, good God. Give me Vandy, South Carolina, before I watch Iowa-Purdue. Like, uh, it's just uh, nothing against the Big Ten, but they're just a conference with Ohio State and Michigan. Maybe Penn State, give them a lot of credit. But like, I'm not getting I'm not getting hyped up on a Saturday night to watch Purdue Wisconsin. That just doesn't do it for me. So, uh, congrats to NBC spending all that money. But uh, like them announcing it's the Big Ten on Saturday night. Yeah, I'll be watching the SEC matchups. Thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, Illinois Purdue doesn't get you going, or Iowa Wisconsin. How about Minnesota Iowa? I mean, come on, hey, a double header on that day, Chris.
6: God, it's just so bad. Thank God they're getting, thank God they're getting USC and UCLA, but like even those. Anybody going to tune in for UCLA versus Rutgers? Like, who
1: the hell cares? I'm with you, man. I'm absolutely with you. Well, we know we know college football is, is changing every single day, uh, and the SEC continues to be uh, what is, it seems to be the dominant conference in college football. Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC. He joins us here on On the Line every Thursday at 3.30. Chris, we always appreciate you and your time. It's always a blast talking to you, man. Let everybody know uh, where they can find you, find your podcast, what you got coming up.
6: Yeah, Locked on SEC. Go check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, We'll be doing some giveaways here in in a couple weeks, so make sure you subscribe on our YouTube channel. Uh, Some good interviews up there today with Jordan Rogers and Darian Oka from the SEC Network. We caught up with them last week at SEC Media Day, so go check them out, Locked on SEC, on YouTube.
1: Chris, we're getting closer and closer, man. We are 39 days away. It'll be here before we know it.
6: Oh, yeah, man. Can't wait.
1: All right, Chris. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you. That is Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC, a weekly guest here on the program every Thursday at 3.30. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one or hour number two in the show. Excuse me. When we come back.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 106.7 online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app.
1: Wrapping up the Thursday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Uh, He's Carter Byrne. I'm Jacob Goins. We just wrapped up a conversation with Chris Gordy, host of Locked on SEC, our weekly guest here on the show. So we, uh, as always, are very, very appreciative of his time. Uh, And he always has really, really fun things to say. Didn't get a chance to ask him and talk to him and really joke about this. But uh, we were talking about it during the break. Former Tennessee head football coach, Jeremy Pruitt, who, of course, got fired for some uh, yeah. some uh, violations. violations. Yeah, he got, a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> uh, he has got a new job. He's not a head Plain football coach. School. He is a What's PE up? teacher at Plainview High School in, in the state that. of Alabama. Awesome. Him and his wife got a job at Plainview High School. So also good to, for him.
3: I want to I want to give a shout out to maybe the funniest Twitter account I've ever seen. Willie Riddick who is uh that's w-i-l-l-i-e which is demarcus riddick's grandmother on twitter she's awesome Mm -hmm. she is going to war with alabama and georgia fans on twitter and she is hilarious and it's maybe some of the funniest stuff i've ever read
1: so who's the better addition demarcus riddick or his grandmother Maybe his grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, she. There's no doubt that she has come to uh, his defense. There's been a lot of, lot of uh, hate online. Is the best and cleanest way to put that. Uh, there's been a lot of hate on online, whether it's on Twitter or, or social media in general, message boards, whatever it is. There's been a lot of hate for Demarcus Riddick for picking Auburn over Georgia and Alabama. Uh, been a lot of salty fans, been a lot of disappointed fans, and been a lot of fans that didn't want him in the first place because he's, he's not even that good. He, does, he doesn't want to compete with athletes. He doesn't want to compete with the best competition. And you know what? You don't come to Alabama to have fun. You go have fun at Auburn. Like It just blows my mind how people get so worked up good and bad, over a literal 18-year-old kid choosing where he wants to play college football. Like, you get so butthurt. Look, there are Auburn fans that do it, too. Don't get me wrong. But it seems like it's always a big-time school like Georgia and Alabama when they lose a big-time player like this, especially to one of their rivals, how the whole narrative can flip in about 24 hours when they decide to go somewhere else. It's unbelievable.
3: It's so funny, man. I'm just... I may spend the next, like, two hours just
1: scrolling through Willie Riddick's Twitter page. And good for her. We're going to his defense because he made a good decision. And anybody that says otherwise, you're just lying to yourself. We'll talk some more tomorrow about Demarcus Riddick and the news around college football as we get closer and closer to the start of the season. Thank you to Lance Dahl and Chris Gordy, our two guests today. If you missed missed any of the show... Go find the podcast, ESPNAU.com. But until tomorrow, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 106.7. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you later.